Life by Divine with Sue DeMay fosters deep healing and profound awakenings as she guides you to hear, answer, and trust the highest calling of your heart. Your host and sacred guide is global impact visionary leader Sue DeMay, a best-selling author, international speaker, and gifted intuitive healer who challenges all of us to shift from life by default or even life by design to truly living life by divine. And now, here is Sue DeMay. The Heart-Led Living Intuition Academy with Sue DeMay is a unique, unschooling experience designed to unwind, clear, and align your intuitive channel. And the doors are open for you now. Experience unwavering faith and deep trust in your intuition as you strengthen your connection to Source, allowing you to walk through every moment with more peace, confidence, clarity, and certainty. Experience this deep personal transformation with Sue's guidance, including the option to share what you learn as a certified intuitive coach. This is your time to unwind and reprogram your mind, to rebuild your foundation and realign with your intuitive heart. Enrollment is now open. Apply today at heartledliving.com forward slash intuition academy. Again, that's heartledliving.com forward slash intuition academy. Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. It's an honor to be with you each week and sharing the messages that come through. And today is, I'm really excited because we're going to have a divine conversation about narcissism. And I know there's been a lot of people talking about it. There's been a lot of people wondering about it, having questions about it, confused by it. And today I just want to talk with two very good people in my life, very good friends of mine that I've been in contact with for a while and have they've been part of the membership in the past and some of them are currently, Lisa still is. It's a divine conversation between friends and those individuals that actually have had personal experience with it and or professional experience with narcissism. I don't know enough about the topic myself, but I can definitely see the ego's angle in it. And I wanted to bring in some other people that are more experts in it in the way of their experiences and their work. So I'm going to welcome Surya Devi, who's an intuitive healer and a wellness therapist and music artist with a unique perspective and understanding of the human condition. She is passionate about creating positive change on the global level, on a global level, and believes that this begins with the commitment to our own individual healing and expansion. And I also have a special guest, Diana Calvo, who's a certified coach and registered psychotherapist who helps people get unstuck and transform their day-to-day experience of work and life. Diana's also a thriving survivor of childhood narcissistic abuse. She is passionate about bringing attention to this important topic that is relatively unknown often misunderstood, and frequently misdiagnosed. So I want to welcome both of you to Life by Divine. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Brad. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. So I want to dive right into the conversation. So I want to kind of take this in in a direction that will enlighten people's minds, kind of create an opening in their mind and understanding at the level of the mind, and an opening maybe at the level of the heart for some compassion, but also 
some courage if they're in a situation like this or in a relationship with someone, what can they do in order to take care of themselves? So I want to just dive right in. And Diana, maybe you can just start with a little bit of creating an understanding of what is narcissism or what is narcissistic behavior and what can we look at when we're, when we're in relationship with other people? Yeah. So to start out with what is narcissistic behavior. So I would, I I think a really good place to start is this idea of empathy and a lack of empathy in relationship. And so, you know, we're constantly in relationship. It's this um, back and forth between what are my needs and what are your needs and how can we balance those things out? And sometimes my needs and your needs will be the same and it's very easy. And sometimes the needs that we have are in conflict and how do we deal with that? But what happens a lot of the times in narcissistic relationships is that something along that, that ability to negotiate my needs and your needs gets interrupted in some way and it impacts our ability to be in relationship. So in that moment of interruption or in that awareness of the interruption, what can one do? So I think in that moment, there's always the invitation for that pause. You know, what is happening right now with me in this relationship and in this particular interaction and what's being brought up in me in terms of my own emotions, my own feelings, my own thoughts. And to begin that process of working with what's happening inside and it's important because in particularly in narcissistic relationships, we need to be able to distinguish what's my stuff and what is the other person's stuff. Um, and there's a tendency for those things to get very convoluted and um, it can get very confusing about what am I feeling? What are they feeling? Where am I reading them versus what is actually my own emotions? And so I really like this idea of the pause is to kind of tune in and say what's what's really happening with me right now as a starting point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And that, and it's really kind of taking ownership instead of being a victim of. It's taking ownership for what do I feel in this moment and, and where can I go to look in inward in the way of what I need to heal. And it brings us away from that kind of casting blame on a certain behavior, casting blame on a way that a certain way that people are, are being. So we could easily in, in the world judge a narcissist as they're the problem. And what I'm hearing you say is having empathy and compassion and kind of bringing that inward going in this moment, what do I feel? What's really happening within me? And that kind of takes it away from that projection and judgment, brings it back inward. Yeah, and especially um, in in you know in today's day and age, there's narciss- the, the term narcissist is has a very vague and broad usage in popular culture. It's almost like the modern day equivalent of calling someone a jerk. 
And so, and when you hear it, that term used in that way, it's very easy to fall into those same kind of patterns of, I don't like what this person's doing, therefore they are a narcissist. Um, I see it, the term used in that way quite a bit. And um, so, yeah, it's definitely easy to fall victim to the blaming, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So, Surya, can you chime in around what, what, where do you feel to go in the conversation here in the way of like your experience with, with narcissism? Yeah, I just really want to echo what, what Diana was saying as well about how this, this term, like, if I see another like narcissist and empath like article, I might throw up, you know, because people have just taken this whole thing and they're just going crazy with it. And it's almost like a spectrum. Like, you know how, when you talk about autism, there's like a spectrum. And so there's, there's like a spectrum of narcissists too. And like, there's narcissistic behavior, which I feel that everyone has to a point. Um, and then there's extreme narcissism, which are these people that will, you know, literally destroy lives and destroy people's self-esteem and, you know, really make very dip life very difficult for ultimately everyone around them. And they, this seems to be a pattern that follows them, you know, so there's sort of different levels of that right and then I mean to a point I feel like society is like encouraging narcissism right now because of social media and people are becoming narcissistic because everyone's like hey look at me and like it's all about me and this kind of thing too so I think there's that thing to look at too is this like yeah like this sort of spectrum of that but my experience I have narcissistic I've experienced with narcissists in like multiple sort of avenues in my life like some family some partners some friends and the very interesting thing to me is the very predictable patterns of behavior that these people seem to exhibit and if you read actual you know testimonies from people who have experience with them and most you know psychologists or people who work in counseling um there's a very kind of predictable behavior that these sorts of people fall like almost to a T sometimes, which is really interesting. And because I have experience with this, I've been able, now I can do the same thing. Like I'll be talking to somebody and I'm like, I'm like, let me guess, they do this. Let me guess, they do this. And the other person's like, well, how do you know? And I'm like, well, it's very interesting to me that they, it's a very similar pattern of behavior. And so I have a three-year-old and it's very interesting that I have a three year old now and I'm, I've been sort of processing all of these things that have happened in the, in the past few years of my life. A lot of them because of people that I would label narcissists. And when I'm watching my three year old, sometimes I'm like, maybe a narcissist is nothing more than someone who never evolved beyond that age of a toddler, because that's what a toddler is. Right. It's, it's like in some ways, right. You know, like they don't always have empathy. They don't understand what someone else wants or needs. It's all about what they want in that moment. And that's just what they're going to do. So I, I my sort of experience of narcissists is that at some point in their life, um, probably very early on in their life, and probably also due to someone else close to them who may have been a narcissist as well, there was some sort of emotional growth that didn't happen and did not allow them the capacity to um, empathize with others in a way that that some that, that most of us do know how to do. And then somehow it seems that they know how to kind of seek out, and it's like almost like a predatory thing that they will then go and seek out a certain 
type of other person with other certain characteristics, like what, what we would call the empath, you know, and, and I'm not totally downing that whole narcissist and empath thing, but I found that that's been really blown up also out of context in articles and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, like everyone wants to be the empath and every, nobody wants to be the narcissist. And then Diane, I don't know if you ever experienced this, but I sort of went looking around online and in different support groups and stuff like that on Facebook. And upon my observation, I noticed that a large number of the people that were in these narcissistic support groups were actually what I would consider to be narcissists themselves. And then another thing that narcissists do a lot is that um, they will project onto you and they tell you that you're the narcissist and everyone else is the narcissist. So it's this really, um, it's a real mind I don't want to use the swear word, but you know, it's a real mind F-U-C-K, you know, because it gets you swept up into this really, um, really bizarre and very chaotic. My experience was it like it turns into absolute pure chaos and you just have to eliminate these people for the most part. If they're extreme ones, you, you sort of have to eliminate them from your life. That's the only way that you can find peace. And and a lot of people will say, oh, they'll never change. They'll never heal. I'm never going to say that about everyone because I believe that everyone ultimately can heal, but it comes down to a choice. And it seems that for whatever reason, a lot of these people either can't or won't make a choice or for healing for, for whatever reason that is. Mm -hmm. I like when you're saying like kind of separating the label of narcissism and with the behaviors. Cause if you actually, I did look up the behaviors of narcissism at one point and I'm looking at it. I'm like, well, all of us at one time or another would have one or two or maybe more of these kind of behaviors or, or tendencies. And it, when I look at kind of the ego, I, I talk about the ego being the teacher of fear. The ego would love to hijack any one of those things and expand on them. And sometimes it does. It takes one or two and expands on them. And maybe for others, it takes all of them and expands on it. And that's where someone may become labeled as a narcissist. Now, when we look at the behaviors, I think, you know, when we all have a potential or tendency to, to swing that way, like you're talking about, there's a spectrum here. I, you know, we all have the ability to kind of swing one way in any experience or any behavior that we have and it's whether we choose to allow that or whether it's a subconscious kind of pull toward that sometimes we don't have the 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 we don't feel like we have a choice we feel it feels like it's more out of our control now when i look at kind of the narcissism right now it's like it's almost like you know, even people ask me, oh, can you do a, a radio show on it and have a conversation about it? It's, it's the, the kind of go-to. It's like a bit trending, like you say. You know, a lot of people are kind of like looking at it. So that, when we look at that and recognize that some people are just in it because it's like trending and they want to like expose it and, and recognize it and, and make sure that their relationships aren't narcissistic relationships, are there, are there any times where people actually really look with like the Diana was saying is like, look into yourself. It's like, okay, where, how am I exhibiting any of those behaviors? How am I showing up? If I'm judging that in another person, how is that true for me? Am I showing up that way in any of my relationships or anyway? So I love it that we can have this conversation and look at what's happening out in the world, but then also always turning it back in on ourselves and saying, okay, how is this true for me? Or how is this showing up for me? So Diana, go ahead. Yeah. And 
And, you know, coming back to this idea of narcissism as a spectrum disorder, if you think about, you know, one end of the spectrum really being full-blown narcissistic personality disorder, which is a personality disorder, which is a very small percentage of the population has a full-blown personality disorder. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I really see a healthy sense of self. You know, this is where we set boundaries, where we're able to say no to people when it's not in alignment with ourselves, where we are, have a, a very real understanding of our own wants and our desires, and we can self-advocate for those things. So it does add to sort of the confusion of the conversation because healthy sense of self is, is a really important part of well-being. It's just when you take that to the extreme, to the exclusion, you know, to some sort of unreasonable exclusion of the needs of others, that it starts to become really problematic in relationship. And it's one thing to look at it from the perspective of the narcissist. It's the other to look at it from the perspective of the people who are in relationship with narcissists and how it, how it impacts. It has an impact from both sides. Yeah, I can see how, you know, when you talk about having a healthy self-esteem or having a healthy relationship with self, how even that the ego can hijack and say, well, that's selfish. You should be more of, you know, of selfless service or you should be extending more. So even that can be misinterpreted or misunderstood when we actually stand in ourselves and, and kind of say, you know what, my needs are important too. So it's these it's interesting how we can have any conversation and kind of bring up any point and then it can we can swing it in in the way of like fear based or take it and and filter it through the ego and it would be wrong in some ways or we can filter it through the lens of love and and recognize that it's actually a choice for self love and being in relationship with other people that are having these behaviors and having empathy or compassion for them it doesn't mean that we stay in those relationships because if that, if we're going to have a healthy sense of self, then sometimes that means leaving that relationship, right? Like you were talking about Surya. Mm -hmm. So Diana, can you share a little bit about your, your experience with, you know, children who have had like have been in, in families that are, have narcissistic behaviors and then how that affects into adulthood? Yes. So I have, this, this is basically my story. I grew up with um, narcissistic parents. And what happens in the case of children who have narcissistic parents is that there's a pretty extreme impact on the emotional and the psychological development of the child. And the reason for this is because as children, as we are coming into the world and exploring, what we naturally do is we express our desires and our feelings. And we express these things openly um, and with vulnerability and without restraint. And how our parents meet us when we express these things is very important to how we grow and how we develop and what happens later in life. So in 
a great, you know, a best case scenario, parents will meet that expression of desire and of feelings with empathy. And along the same lines of empathy, those feelings and those wants will be acknowledged and taken seriously and responded to. That's a very different thing from saying children always get what they want. So we're not saying children always get what they want, but they will be acknowledged and responded to and taken seriously. And that is how the child begins to develop a sense of self as defined by what is it that I truly feel and what is it that I truly want. Whether or not it's going to be met is another story, but at least I know what I want and, and what I feel. When parents don't do those things, the child cannot develop that sense of self. And so there's a real, later in life, what happens is a real sense of emptiness because we aren't connected with what we truly want and what we truly feel. And also along the way, we may have also developed a pseudo self that is not who we truly are. It doesn't reflect what we truly want or what we, how we truly feel, but is who we think we need to be in order to get the love of our parents. And so it's an incredibly tragic and damaging thing that happens because the adult that um, develops is now not in touch with her truth and who she really is and what she really wants and how she really feels. And there's an unexplainable emptiness and oftentimes a lack of purpose, a questioning of why am I here? What is the point of my life? Like all of these things, because we just didn't have that experience as children to be able to get in touch with what we want and how we feel. So that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's interesting because as a child, it's one thing if you're in a relationship with somebody and, and you recognize the behavior, you can leave that relationship or you can change that relationship. Whereas as a child, you, you kind of can't just leave your parents. Most most kids can't at, at a young age. So you you just find ways to cope. You just find a way to cope. And and what you're saying is part of that is just kind of disconnecting from from self and kind of adapting to, to, to the environment. Right. And becoming, and becoming the person who you believe your parents need you to be. And it's, it's a person who's, and, and so the other thing that gets flipped around is the child is now meeting the the emotional needs of the parents. Mm -hmm. Whereas for better, you know, for healthier and more all quote unquote normal development, parents should be meeting the emotional needs of the children and it gets flipped around in narcissistic families. And so, you know, it's interesting in adulthood what that looks like as an adult where you are, you might be always trying to convert yourself into who you need to be to meet the needs of the person in front of you. And that's a very painful and unsustainable way of living. And it's unfortunate because I I see that in a lot of people. I definitely see that in a lot of people right now. Real disconnect and 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 a lack of awareness 
for their needs and, and their feelings even. There's a lot of people that are disconnected from their feelings. Mm. Surya, do you have anything to add around this? Yeah, I, I, I feel like, um, I don't know how to explain it, but it's almost like um, the narcissist like flips everything inside out almost. That's like my experience anyway, like all the projection and all the, it's like almost like the lens that they see everything is completely flipped around. And whether they know or they don't know what they're doing, I don't know, because often things like gaslighting and these sorts of things also go along with narcissistic behavior. And my experience with it is like literally like crazy making, like you feel like you're going a little crazy because they take everything and they flip it around in this really sort of um, bizarre way. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting phenomenon for sure. Yeah. So what, what you're talking about there is kind of like a real knack for manipulation. Oh yeah, absolutely. Narcissistic people are manipulation. So that's why they are very, they're very manipulative. And so that's why ultimately when I kind of sort of trace it back and, and knowing the history that I know of, you know, all the people in my life that have been narcissistic is that, you know, usually it relates back to some kind of trauma or some disconnect, or I think I said earlier, it's like at some point they didn't get their needs met. And so then they become completely unable to meet the needs of others. Not only that, but they're, it's, it's almost like a parasitic kind of, um, at all costs, they will do what they have to do to survive and to thrive and to take the upper hand and, and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's really... And it's interesting because what you're describing is the ego. <laughs> you know, yeah. The ego is threatened. Well, and so this is so like, like what Diana was saying about how you sort of have to like take it back into yourself. So like, you know, I had to do a lot of looking at, you know, myself, like as do we all and look at like, you know, what is the lesson that we're meant to learn from some of the things that are showing up in our life. And it's a little different when it's like a parent-child thing, because we don't, you know, I know in spirituality, there's this notion that we choose our parents and, and all this, which which is probably true. But as a child and a parent, like a child doesn't have that same type of awareness that an adult does, for example, you know, like an adult who's in a relationship with a narcissist. Um, so like, you know, I had to do my own soul searching and look at like, where am I narcissistic or where, what, like, what is the pull here that is pulling me to these people and these types of situations and these types of relationships. And one of the things I had a big aha moment around was that like the narcissist and the codependent, because ultimately like the narcissist and the empath or whatever, whatever you want to call it, um, these, this dynamic between these two opposing sort of forces, the one who like gives, 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 and the other one who like takes, takes, takes basically like what it, what it came down to, or for me and my experience either was like, they're both, we're both addicted to drama. That's a big part of it is because narcissists, they thrive off of drama. They thrive off of conflict. And it's like, again, this is why I think it, I always look at it. It's like some kind of, I always say like they're wired wrong or there's a, there's a miswiring there that happened at some point and everything is backwards, you know, because they're thriving off of all of this drama and all of this conflict. And then when I looked at myself, I was like, wow, I must've been, you know, and I was so addicted to drama in some ways too, because when I look back on some of the, the chaos that occurred, from these situations like now looking back on it from a more healed place I'm like wow I can't even believe that I allowed some of these things to take place or that they got to the extreme that they did but they did because once I sort of got wrapped up into this crazy wild world of some of these individuals and sort of they have a way of like sort of sucking you in and pulling you in and they're they're you know because we're on a bit of a 
not everybody talks about this, but because we're sort of taking a divine approach, there's a lot of spiritual and energetic forces that are at play that are really interfering and causing a lot of these behaviors. And that's a big part of what that is. And narcissists are masters of knowing how to like hook into people's energy and kind of suck them in and then like take what they need and what they want and make everything sort of about them. And then the person who gets sucked in and for whatever reason that is. So, you know, for me, there's a familiarity there because I grew up with some very narcissistic like characters. So there's a, there's a familiarity there for me of like, Oh, there's a safety with this kind of a person, whether it's healthy or or not there's a there's a familiarity there so you know there's been you know a need for me to overcome some of those patterns and behaviors but for me the big aha moment was like okay like clearly I, I was you know there was some addiction to drama or needing energy or there was something that I was getting out of that chaos on one hand and then on the other hand I can see really clearly that once you sort of get into that it's like a um, it's like a tornado almost you know it like comes in and it swoops you up and then all of a sudden you're caught in it and you don't really know what's going on and they're like I, I think I said at one point like they're kind of crazy making you know they, they they sort of make but it's this really intense projection and and sometimes they're also masters of knowing what your weaknesses and pinpointing that weakness and playing on that weakness and then somebody who's empathetic or sensitive and tends to do the thing like a lot of people like us do where we're like what am I doing what is this about me and like all this law of attraction stuff right like I'm attracting this for a reason and there is an element of truth to that absolutely but it's not all that and in a lot of cases some of these people are very unhealthy and if you are someone who's watching this right now and any of these behaviors that we're describing here sound familiar to you um really check in with your inner guidance and ask yourself like is this a healthy situation for you is it a safe situation for you because these types of situations can get they can get very abusive and um i think diana mentioned narcissistic abuse too which is an actual you know it's a it's a thing and then like she mentioned as well like you know there is the actual npd like narcissistic personality disorder and then there's sort of narcissistic tendencies so you know it's kind of distinguishing between that but but absolutely, if anyone is in a dangerous or unsafe situation, it's probably a very good idea to, to remove yourself from that situation in the safest way that you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and it's really about evaluating where you are and, and what's happening around you. And, and when you're talking about kind of the manipulation, the, the depth of the manipulation is enough to... It, like it make you really doubt yourself. It's a recipe for self-doubt. It's a recipe for confusion. It's a recipe for, you know, that disconnect from your sense of self. Diana, can you talk a little bit about like how to, to manage the manipulation or even the after effects of all of that? Yeah, it's, it's almost as, as we're talking, what's coming in for me is that these relationships are almost like the ultimate test of following your heart <laughs> because yes because so many things can come up that you know in addition to as we're all walking around um you know working to learn how to follow our hearts and the challenges that come with that it's in just regular life uh it's its own path Right. And but then on top of it, when you add narcissism on top of it, it's just adding in all these additional layers of self-doubt and self-questioning to, to kind of work through. So I think 
Your question, though, was around the aftermath of, of self-doubt. If that's where you feel guided to go? Yeah. So I, I guess that's, that is where it brings me back is, um, and it's interesting because this is just occurring to me now that it's an interesting, and another interesting way to look at it is um, an incredible teaching around following your own heart and that it does create the opportunity to really get in touch in a very deep way because the, the challenge is so, is kind of commensurate <laughs> to the depth you need to go. Well, the, it, the vision I have when you're saying that is like having like your ego on the outside staring at you, like, like looking like a real person. Then I, and I talk about that too, is the ego actually speaking through other people. I caught the mirror ego, the ego actually speaking through other people to you and having that kind of impact you in that way. So it's like having a real life ego sitting there staring at you and pointing the finger at you saying, you're the problem it's you, not me. And, and you need to look at your life and you need to change this. It's it, of course, it's going to create such self doubt because it's in your face. Right. And I love what you're saying is like you, we can use that to, to strengthen, to deepen, to deepen our trust in our intuition, to really say, okay, I need to follow my heart no matter what, because if I'm in my head around it, it, it's a recipe for crazy making. The manipulation is a recipe for crazy making. The, the, the solution is one, you may need to remove yourself from the relationship or that, that situation. And then two is really sink deep into that inner knowing to, to let that be your guiding light. That's a real challenge for sure in that situation. Yeah, and I and I also think that it really raises the um, the importance of having help in that process of reconnecting with yourself and your intuition. I know, just speaking from my own experience of growing up in a, with narcissistic parents, so so from a very young age, not being tuned in and then living life, you know, decades of repeating those patterns. I didn't have the tools that I needed to, to be able to tune in to my heart. That was really a learning process that happened for me in adulthood. And in reflecting on it, I, I'm not sure I would have been able to do that without help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely reaching out for help and, and creating a, more of a sense of like a support circle or a support system around you. And I know, Surya, you were talking about, you know, groups and support groups and things like that. Again, you have to really kind of be discerning on, is this support group really helping? Is it supporting me in, in coming back home to my sense of self? Or is it just kind of stewing up and, and keeping everything alive and feeding the drama, right? The addiction to the drama. So it's really about that divine level of discernment. What is, what is it that you need in the way of support? Where is that support for you in your life right now? And where can you find it? And, and so that you can strengthen your trust in your own intuition and your own guidance system once again.
And, and also being open to the very real possibility that support can look different at different times in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Sorry, I'm feeling, I don't know, like, I feel like you have something to say right now. Oh, no, I just want to go back to the whole thing that we just touched on around um, just this idea, exactly like Diana just said about how it's sort of like the ultimate, I don't want to put where I don't remember the exact words that you said, but it's sort of like the ultimate test of um, just everything because, and I, and I want to say, I totally agree with that. And, you know, this whole idea that on a soul level, we all play roles for one another to help each other evolve. And I remember one of my very first spiritual teachers always said, be grateful for your abusers and your accusers because they're the ones who take a low road so that you can learn. And that always stuck with me. And it's so true because like, if you want to learn forgiveness, like how can you learn forgiveness if you're not betrayed, right? Somebody's got to betray you. And so it is, it's like these narcissistic, um, people are they're very challenging but at the same time they're these incredible teachers for us once we get beyond it and we grasp these lessons and I have I've had and still have profound moments of gratitude and appreciation for these people in my life even though they you know even though my life was destroyed and turned upside down and was complete chaos and all of these things because I see the value and what actually came out of that which was clarity and peace and sense of self and where I was not able to set boundaries that forced me to and like really for me I had to go to that extreme to learn lessons that you know may be easy for other people so like Sue for example you said like you don't have or haven't had many people or any people like this in your life maybe that's just not a lesson that your soul needed to learn in this life but for me like that is a huge one the one about boundaries and you know just standing up for yourself and like being in your center like that was just so huge for me because I would just you know let anyone walk all over me for any reason just because you know or because I felt so compelled to serve and and even in this whole narcissist empath dynamic like the 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 empath or the codependent actually both are codependent in this case but you know I, I had to learn these really hard lessons around being somebody who has this deep desire to serve and wants to be in service yet how are you going to put your energy in service because then the empath actually thinks that they're helping the narcissist but actually in that unhealthy dynamic you're not helping anyone you're actually just you're just continuing to reinforce that person's behavior and usually the empath like is this they think that they can change that person or that they can um, turn them around and like you know like we're all learning all we can do is just do the work on ourselves and do what we have to do and then sometimes inside of that you know the miracle happens for the other person when you cut the the unhealthy relationship because it's unhealthy ultimately for both people as well so it's very interesting because I've sort of meditated upon like you know is this you know this person's sole purpose are they actually meant to be like this is this what they're you know and it, and it just seems to be so prevalent now like more than ever people are talking about it but not only are people talking about it you know like articles and things online but so many friends of mine and people that I know are in these relationships or have been in these relationships or are having to break free of certain relationships and patterns that are very much this um, same dynamic playing out so it is a really it's a very very interesting thing Mm-hmm. I found that for for me in in my relationships, I was very much one of those I wanted to save everybody, right? So I actually looked at my relationships as saving the other person. If they didn't actually need saving, then what was the point of the relationship? I'm like, what am I here for? Because it really kind of went back to like me wanting to save my dad or wanting to help him. 
and not being able to do that. So when I recognized that within myself, then I, then I actually met my husband it was with, within moments of, of that. It felt like moments, it was months, but I, then I met my husband and it was like completely different than any of the other relationships I had been in. So when we look at kind of our own part in it and what you were touching on is like, we all have a part to play in each other's lives. And some of the parts that we play are, are messy and some of the parts that we play within each other's lives can, can create a lot of friction and challenges, but that's how we grow. So whatever we go through, we can grow through. And when we look at relationships like this, it can be quite extreme. And I love what you were talking about in the way of the parts that we play. Some of us are meant to actually play that part in another person's life. Some of us are, I believe that some of us are meant to stay asleep at the wheel. Some of us are meant to, to be in that kind of villain, you know, or bad guy role. And so that other people can actually wake up so that other people can actually make a choice for, for love for themselves or stand up inside themselves and say, okay, this is not okay anymore. I'm not going to tolerate this relationship and, and how I'm being treated. So I, I do believe that a lot of the relationships we have are, they're always purposeful, but some of them are actually more challenging for those reasons to really get in and underneath some of those patterns that otherwise, if they were just little bumps in the road, we'd probably keep them. But because it's in your face and it kind of really drives you to, to make a different choice for yourself, to stand up for yourself, to make a choice for love within yourself. I believe that some of those relationships need to be a little bit nitty gritty and, and ugly and messy. And, and those are like some of those relationships that I've had, not narcissistic specifically, but those challenging relationships have, I've had the most growth in. Yeah. And there's all these gifts that come from them. So for example, like I have a good friend who grew up with a very um, narcissistic, abusive mother. And my friend always says no. She's like, my, my mom was my greatest teacher. Cause she's like, I have balls of steel now. We were like in a big crowd and she's like, I got bigger balls than everyone in this place here right now. Because her mother would sit at her and just her whole life and say, you're crap. You're this, you're awful. You're horrible. You're, and so, you know, my friend and her healing journey had to work through all this, but she's like, nobody can touch me now. I'm untouchable. Like I grew up with I survived this I moved through this like I can do anything now so it's actually left her with this you know and she's a big person who has a big calling and a big you know big energy now and this big power behind her now that was actually this gift that came disguised in this you know I'm sure she didn't always feel that way she's come to that point now you know in her mid-40s but um it's powerful you know I felt it I can feel it when I talk to her you know it's it's real it's a real power a real strength that came from that yeah I know, Diana, you've probably had that experience where you've turned, I know you've turned your experience around. And I, as we were talking, I was just thinking about the, you know, one of the big learnings for me around relationship is this whole idea of vulnerability in relationship and what is allowed to arise when we're willing to be vulnerable compared to when we're in relationship from a very defensive position. And the reason I bring that up is because there's a lot of theory out there that narcissism is a defense mechanism. So 
the narcissistic person is trying to defend themselves against extreme feelings of insecurity and vulnerability. And this is their defense mechanism for dealing with that. And so when you're in relationship with that and you can feel the violence of the separation in relationship that happens when you're dealing with that kind of defense mechanism, it just, for me, has helped give me perspective about when I'm using my own defense mechanisms in relationship. And while it's not maybe an, as such an extreme form of narcissism, it's still violent in its ability to separate me from other people. And, and that's, you know, we're all looking for connection at the end of the day, and I'm looking for connection. And it's, so it's very interesting to me to just reflect on how damaging my defense mechanisms are to both myself and to others. Mm -hmm. I believe we all have those, those defense mechanisms. And it, like you say, it separates us. And, and what we yearn for the most is connection. And so even in this conversation, my intention was never to separate the narcissist and the non-narcissist or anything. It's about, I, I believe we all have tendencies to have characteristics that would fall under the category of narcissism. And whether we let the ego kind of take those on a tangent and kind of, you know, swing one way in the pendulum, we all have the potential to, to swing that way. And, and we need to make a conscious choice to align ourselves, to stand up inside of ourselves unapologetically if we can get there, and then have empathy and have compassion for those that are not able to make that choice, whether it's conscious or, or subconscious. So for me, this, this whole show, even this episode, but just even Life by Divine is about connecting us and how can we have these conversations in a way that we can speak from our experiences, share, you know, our insights and hopefully spark awareness in someone else, maybe empower them to make a different choice or maybe even just create an awareness of what's going on in their life so that they can navigate it better. That's, that's really what it's about. And then not putting anybody in a category of they're wrong, we're right, or anything like that, because then as long as we're fighting to be right, everybody's going to be wrong, really. So dropping our defenses, opening our hearts, and opening our hearts to understand the behaviors or understand where they may or may not be coming from is one thing, but opening your door and letting them into your life, that's another. So again, the invitation is to go back and reevaluate your relationships and look at the ones that are actually causing you harm, really beating you down. And it's just, it's, it's those relationships. I really want to invite you to take a good radical, honest look at and tune into your heart and see Am I meant to let this relationship go? Am I meant to leave this relationship and let it dissolve or, or encourage it to dissolve or make it dissolve and walk away? Or is it still, you know, is there still something in it for me? And only your heart will know. Only your heart will know. And that's what Diana was alluding to before as well. So 
As we're coming kind of toward the end of the episode, is there anything that any last message that you want to kind of share? Either of you want to kind of impart, leave people with something to reflect on or think about in their own lives? I, I do have something I want to say, which is just for anyone who might be listening, who has a similar experience of growing up with narcissistic parents. I really just want to say that life can be different. And, and I'll just share very briefly that I, I remember this one moment um, when I first learned about narcissism. I didn't even know about it until I was 41. And it was a business coach who said to me, we were talking about business, work stuff. And she said, you know, just as I'm 